Hello, willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 265 on Sunday, the 15th of January, 2023. I'm Phil. I'm Ben. I'm Matt. And uh, we're joined by a, a wonderful thought criminal tonight, <laughs> allegedly Dave. How are you, Dave? Nice to meet you. Uh- I'm good. I'm good. I'm. I like that thought, thought criminal. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of us about at the minute. It doesn't take much these days, does it, to be a thought criminal? No, and uh, so I suspect that in uh, you know five years we'll be, we'll be running for our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best not to have a chip. That's the main reason not to yeah. be chipped. Very easy to track you down once you've had your implant, like they're doing in Sweden now. Mm. Those crazy mothers. Uh, I was just, Sam's just uh, come in the chat. Uh, Dave, just been listening to Dave on the Sheep Farm podcast. We were just talking about that before we uh, went live, weren't we, Dave? You've just met with those guys. Yeah, I was I was a bit surprised that uh, they got it up so fast. Um, you know, it was only, <laughs> couple, it was only yes, is it yesterday or day before? I can't remember, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're big fans right. of uh, the Sheep Farm boys. We met up back, back in uh, October, it was. I think it was. Towards the end of October. Don and Chris, so yeah. But... Yeah, well, I'm hoping to meet them when I when I get back to England. Yeah, cool. Well, um, Dave, I um, I was saying before we started that there are so many areas that we could talk to you about. You seem to have done so much research in in very very sort of wildly disparate areas, and um, the main reason I I contacted you was I, I heard your chat with our mate Noble from CFR network uh where you were talking about the old testament and i thought i really want to talk to dave about this stuff because it just fascinates me ancient history and theology and the sacred texts and whatnot um so why don't you start by telling us a bit about how you got into this subject and and why you started researching ancient history okay um well um i actually woke up because of uh, 9-11 um i saw it i was actually there watching it and um and that that basically launched me in a into like a 18 year true search for truth and um uh, I, I i guess you know what it's like when you when you start looking at a particular subject you find other bits of information that kind of uh, lead off somewhere else um and then you know eventually follow those and you you're, you're down another rabbit hole um kind of like putting a jigsaw together um, so yes, you're right. I jumped from one topic to the next to the next, um, and when I got to um, the topic that shall not be named, FE, um, <laughs> um, that that kind of that, that that was the last straw to make me go and look at the uh, Old Testament, something I'd been avoiding 
uh, for most of my life. I, I've been an atheist for 40 years. So I've um, been very successful in avoiding that topic. But the, the FE um, basically made me sort of uh, decide to read the book and see what it was really about. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I was absolutely, absolutely shocked to find that it was a story that I could understand. Um, and it all made sense to me. So that's where I started. So did you, what was your upbringing like? Did you have a, an atheistic upbringing or a traditional Christian upbringing? Or? Um, well, my mum my was a, uh, a Roman Catholic, but she's non-practicing. Right. And um, she decided that uh, uh, rather than force a religion she, she had no use for on her, her children, she uh, she said, well, I'll let you find out for yourself and figure it out, you know, figure out what you want to believe yourself. Um, so I had no exposure to it, never went to church, never went to Sunday school, never went to any of it. Um, uh, I was fascinated when I was from the age of about six by the Greek and Roman gods. Um, I read this book that we had, this, it was wonderful. Um, and I was shot. I, I was bit gutted when I went to school, went to history, thinking it was uh, going to be about these these gods, but it was about the uh, battling of Hastings instead. And I was like, oh. and then I went to uh, RE, RK, it was called, but religious knowledge, um, thinking, ah, oh, okay, now I'm going to find out a bit about all these Roman gods. Um, and no, it was about uh, JC, and I was like, oh. So um, I, I, I sort of thought, no, they're all control systems, don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, so that was it. That that must be quite a unique perspective to sort of come at this fairly fresh and in later life as an adult, because generally um, the culture that you brought in, brought up in, has some sort of effect on you. You know, through your childhood, whether you're raised in a Christian school or, or even in a, from an atheistic perspective, that would give you a certain leaning when you start doing the research. Absolutely. I mean, you know, most people are what they are because that's what their parents are. You know? Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. if if you were born in uh, Iran or something, you'd be a Muslim now. You know, if you were if you were born in India, you'd be a Hindu. You know, it's just it's that one of those things. But yeah, you're right. I I didn't have that, so um, I I chose atheism, um, and that seemed to serve me well for for a good forty years. But once I woke up. Uh, and I, I really believe the most high kind of, um, you know, was, was pushing me, nudging me in certain directions because uh, basically what it what it did, this, uh, this awakening, was show me parts of the system, parts of my world that I believed were absolutely real and then deconstructed them for me. Um, so... Um, and I was just, I literally, I was just writing this to somebody as, um, uh, you know, before you came up. Um, essentially, it left me no choice. Um, so I, I, something got deconstructed in front of me, and the only choice I had was, do you, um, do you change your life, or do you continue to live the lie that you just found out? And the only choice I've got is, well, I've got to change my life. Now that's that's quite that would be quite a painful position psychologically i think a lot of people would find themselves in i think a lot of people would just decide to go along it might be uh more comfortable to just sort of go along with the status quo well yes it, it is um 
and and I, I think I, I don't want to sound like a conceit or anything, but I got to that almost that pinnacle. So I was in America. Um, I was making a whole lot of money. I was a, a computer programmer on Wall Street, making a whole load of money. I had a Ferrari on the driveway, my dream car. I had a big house. I had a, a room full of man toys, <laughs> and um, and one day, um, and I literally just told this story couple of days ago uh one day i was in the ferrari and i stopped at traffic lights and people crossed the road in front of me and they stood by the side of me um looking at the car and i was sitting there and i looked at looked at them <laughs> i looked straight ahead looked back at them looked back at ahead i thought i'm in a car from from where i'm sitting this could be a, a, either a ferrari or a ford fiesta i don't know because i'm in inside the car so did I buy this car for me or for them? And, you know, after, you know, a long night, it was, the answer was, I bought it for them. And then I looked at the big house that we were in and, and you know, it was a big house and there was four of us rattling around in the thing. And I remembered that, you know what, when we were um, together in a, in a small bungalow, um, we were all together and we were, you know, having fun. But now we're in this big house, all separate. Separate, um, you know. We were kind of uh, split apart almost. So you know that the idea of this big house just unravelled, and so on and so on. Every every aspect of my life unravelled. And when I saw the truth behind it, um, you know, I couldn't just ignore it and live the lie. I had to change my life. Yeah. Can I pick up on something you said before? You, you said um, the most high. And this is something I've heard you say in other videos on your channel, other presentations you're given. And it comes across to me as a very deliberate terminology to use. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And could you maybe Absolutely. explain what, why you use that term rather than God or something else? Well, um, here's the thing. All those titles that we have for the, for the Most High um, were created for us. They were... Um, if you look in the Old Testament, you find that um, the word, the, the name of the Most High was actually taken out and replaced by all these other words, which turns out they all mean fallen angels, essentially. So um, G-O-D stands for uh, Gad or Gadriel, who was the angel in the garden, according to the Book of Enoch. Um, El or Elohim is, you know, the word El means fallen angel, essentially. Um, you know, Lord is Baal, and so on and so on. Yeah, Lord of the Flies, but Beelzebub. Beelzebub, yeah. And I noticed you had on your um, waiting screen, you had Baal on the other, you know, the depiction of Baal on the side. Do you know that? Yeah, he made it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Baal worshipper over there, okay. <laughs> Would you like to explain yourself, Ben, why you <laughs> picked that image? <laughs> you know, it looked, looked pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it looked cool. Yeah. Didn't do it for okay. me, I did it for the onlookers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you mentioned the, the Garden of Eden there. Can you explain that? that? Gabriel, the, was it Gabriel? Galadriel. 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 Gal Gal <laughs> no, not Galadriel. is always right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Frodo. Um, <laughs> it's it's Gat. It's Gadriel, or you know, so G A D R E E L. Um, so Gadriel or Gadriel. Um, so um, 
essentially we've been given us a, a, a Christianized story. Okay. Um, so essentially what, okay, I'm going to have to step back a sec. Um, so from piecing things together from uh, books like the Quran and uh, other sources, um, the story I got was that before, before Adam, uh, before the period of the Old Testament, um, the earth was populated, there were civilizations and stuff, and um, it seems like one of the angels was the governor of the earth. And um, those civilizations were destroyed because of the Most High's fierce anger, and he started off with a clean slate. That's what they call the gap theory in um, the Christians call it. So between verse one of Genesis and verse two, there's a, there's a gap of an indeterminate number of years. So um, when the Most High started again with, with Adam, he told, Ad, uh, he told the angels to worship Adam as if, they, as if you know, he was the Most High. And one of the angels, the chief of the angels, said, no, I'm not worshipping this mud man. You know, I'm, I, I was here first. I'm more powerful than him. You know, I'm not doing it. And um, he basically um, started a rebellion, as it were. Now, the first attack in that rebellion was um, an angel coming down and, um, and seducing Eve. And you find that in the Book of Enoch. Um, now, the reason why I'm pretty sure that this is the, what's happened is because of the word. Um, <laughs> I might have to step back a bit again, but I'm, I'm maybe not. But um, the, wor the words in Paleo-Hebrew are, are very, very, very specific. Okay. Um, I do a demonstration of how specific, but I'll leave that aside for now. But... Um, a word is a word picture. So one word um, encapsulates a whole experience, okay? So I think where the uh, confusion came is that a word was, was um, inserted or swapped in the, in the translation of, um, of the Old Testament, of Genesis. So um, when it was talking about the garden, it talks about a snake, now, the word is for snake is, and um, I might get this the wrong way around, but nagash with a G. All right, so the g sound is in the middle of the throat. But there's another word, nagash, okay, which is uh, the g sound at the back of the throat, okay? They're very similar, and they sound very similar as well, but one means snake. And the one, when you take the other one, when you take all the, the meanings, it essentially means um, um, an angel. Um, and it tells the story of, and let me, let me sort of uh, list the, the meanings of the word. The meanings of the word are uh, to lie with, uh, to lie with a woman, to have sex, to uh, adduce an argument, um, to adduce an argument, uh, to, and I, I can't remember, but it basically tells a story of an angel who, who um, oh, yeah, to, to, to sleep with an enemy, uh, to sleep with somebody as an enemy, okay? So it tells a story of an angel who had sex with Eve, but not out of love or anything, but as an enemy to, to do something. And that was essentially to, to mess up the bloodline, Um 
So that's what happened. She had sex with the, with the angel. And then she showed Adam what to do. And Adam and Eve were meant to be immortal. They were going to be the immortal governors of Earth. And you can find that in the Wisdom of Solomon. I think it's uh, that's one of the books of the Apocrypha. Um, that he, the Adam was created as an immortal. So they were supposed to be immortal, but as soon as they had sex, right, they lost that ability to be immortal. Is part of that the symbol? Is is that the apple? Is that Apple's story being symbolically thrust in there? Yeah. The taking of the apple is more, from yeah. Eve is more of a, a euphemism, if you like, for taking well, the flower. We'd, re- we'd recognize it if it was, uh, you know, the cherry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's very yeah, interesting. So, mm. so um, um, and, and, Sorry, go on, Dave. Yeah, I was just going to say that that um, incursion was repeated later with the actual fallen angels in Genesis six. So it's a pattern. It's a it's a plan to destroy a bloodline. That would be the Nephilim, chapter six, Genesis. Mm-hmm. So, was there any offspring from the uh, Eve fallen angel relationship? Indeed, that was the line of Cain. So um, because Eve had sex with uh, the angel and then Adam, she gave birth to to two children, one of each, one of each father. So um, Cain um, exhibited the some of the uh, traits of these, these uh, Nephilim. But he was wicked, he was deceitful. Um, uh, again, I'll step back a second. Humans naturally can't lie. They can be taught to lie, but they they don't lie because um, think about it. You know, when you when you lie, and I've, again, I feel like I'm repeating these things. I've just said the same thing to the sheep farm. I think um, when when you lie, your uh, your whole body goes, "I'm lying, I'm lying." Yeah. Um, not only that, but all these um, processes happen internally. So you you start sweating, you start shaking, you know, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, all, all that sort of thing. Basically showing you that it's uncomfortable to do that, okay? Um, yes, you can be taught to get over that, um, but, but naturally, no, humans can't lie. The Nephilim... When they, you know, they don't, they don't suffer from those problems. Yeah, they, they've got no empathy. Um, they're essentially psychopaths, and uh, so when they lie, they don't show any outward um, appearance. So they can lie through their teeth, and we we'll believe them because we don't see, we don't feel that they're lying. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Mm. When you were talking about the characteristics of of the Cain lineage. Uh, would one of those characteristics be things like art, art, artificers? Is that the word? Uh, people who make things. I'm thinking of Tubal Cain and further down the, the bloodline. Yep. Like, people who are interested in building and architecture and machines and smelting and things like that. Well, Cain built the first city, according to the book. Um, and the fallen angels. Well, the first thing they did, you know, after after, yeah, you know, spawning their own bloodline, is they started teaching. Um, the it was the children of Cain first. They started teaching technology, 
So that's why Tubal Cain was the first artificer, because uh, he, you know, they that line was taught um, by the fallen angels. They're, I believe they're still responsible for our technology today. And so, what about the other bloodline? So, the, the bloodline, bloodline of Adam. Yeah. Um, so, um, so what happened was um, when when Genesis six occurred when the the fallen angels came and uh and had sex women spawn the other uh, bloodline well the nephilim basically mixed with humanity so much you know to to essentially wipe out the bloodline um that you know it came down to one man who's left one man who was left with adam's original blueprint and that was noah um and the most high waited until the very, very last minute. <laughs> so it came down to two people with the with the bloodline, with the bloodline of Adam. And when Methuselah died, a week later was the flood. So he literally, most high literally waited for the very last minute. Um, and then um, Noah was uh, married to, it turns out, a woman of the line of Cain, um, a woman called Nama. Who was the daughter of Lamech? Lamech married two two daughters of uh, a guy called Kenan, who was of the line of Adam. So Zilla and um, I can't remember the other the other one, but he married these two women, and um, they gave birth to a, a daughter, uh, and um, this Nama married Noah. So the line of Cain's bloodline was was represented in you know the survivors of the flood um so the children of noah were corrupted and a week before the flood when methuselah died um noah had to find wives for his three sons so the only women who were available were corrupted so the nephilim dna found its way on the other side of the flood through the dna of the children that's what i was going to ask you so this is how you account for post-flood Nephilim in the text, that they were integrated yes. into Noah's family. Indeed. But there's, for, for the, uh, the giants, um, the post-flood giants, um, well, there was a little story just straight after the flood of um, Ham going in and seeing his father naked. Um, and, uh, and, and that, do you remember that story? Vaguely. Yeah, Ham, Ham goes in and apparently sees his father naked and then Noah curses Ham's son, Canaan. Okay? Now, um, the, the phrase to uncover a father's nakedness means to sleep with his wife. <laughs> okay? And you find, that, you find that in Leviticus. Okay? So it says, it says the same phrase in Leviticus and says it's uh, sleeping with a wife. Um, so Ham basically had incest of his mother, right? Which is why Canaan, his, the, the offspring of that union, was, uh, was cursed, not Ham, okay? Because now, um, think about it, um, Nama was uh, of the line of Cain, so she had Nephilim DNA in her. Um, you know, the, Ham himself had Nephilim DNA um, from that, and then they got together, and it's essentially concentrated that Nephilim DNA in their son, Canaan, 
right? And that accounts for why all the giants were Canaanites. All the giants came from Canaan because there was a concentration of that DNA in Canaan. Right, and then so I presume other giants, because there's, there's talks of, uh, is it Gog Magog? Is he one? That's why... Uh, that's way later. I mean, we're, um, if you're talking about the Gog Magog I'm talking about, um, that's that's like 1103 BC. That was uh, way way later. Oh, practically, practically last week. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, way later. <laughs> yeah. What's what's your sort of timeline for for like the flood then? What what sort of in in normal years? Ooh. How would you describe it? I I I, I can't remember actually. It's three. I, I did have the number, but it's uh, 3,000. Oh, no, yes, it's about um, 3,500 BC. Right. Or three, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so before, because, I mean, standard model of history would put ancient Egypt and Sumeria to about 2,500 BC, I guess, starting somewhere around then. So a good, th- a good millennia before that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't remember offhand, but that's that's just popped back into my head. So I'm, I might not be right about that. And so, where does sort of Egypt and and like the the other civilizations we know about? How do they play into the the story from Genesis? Because each culture has its own sort of creation story, its own myth, doesn't it? So how how does it integrate? Uh, because um, at one point everybody spoke one language. Right? And this language was Paleo-Hebrew. And um, so there was one story, essentially, of, you know, these these gods, you know, the fallen angels um, that lived walked among people on the earth. OK, so when the Tower of Babel fell and everybody scattered with their own languages, they took the same stories but the names of the gods changed because they've now got different languages. And, uh, you know, Chinese whispers, the stories got, you know, tweaked a little. But it's just, they're, they're all the same stories. And um, funnily enough, those stories are still being told today, um, but most people don't recognise it because it's in Hollywood. Because most of the Hollywood films are essentially retelling the Fallen Angels stories. I was going to say, it sounds like an excellent Neil Gaiman mod- uh, novel so far. It'd be... <laughs> Who's listening to the podcast? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's it, it's an amazing science fiction story, the the Old Testament, uh, and and the, the amazing, the more amazing thing is, it hasn't finished yet. It's still going, and we're in it. We, I can point to where we are in the book. Where? Yeah, we're on. <laughs> point, point. Where are we? Um, as uh, as as. Not, um, I guess, as not. Uh, well, do I need to buy a boat, Dave? <laughs> yeah, do we need to start no. collecting animals? <laughs> no, but uh, if if you if you live, I believe if you live in America, right, you you might want to get um, uh, you might want to get some some uh, I don't know fireproof clothes. <laughs> oh, wow! We're talking, yeah, um, brimstone, oh, wow. burn. Yes. I mean, I, I think literal because uh, um, I, I, I did a video called um, Prophecy and Judgment where I, sh- I showed looking at um, the signs in the sky, uh, what was what I think is going to happen in the next uh, two or three years. Does this come to sort of the ages 
with the equinoxes, like the age of Aquarius, the age of Pisces, Taurus. Is, is that what you mean by looking up at the stars, or is it something more specific, conjunctions? Oh, no. Or? Um, no, no, no. For some, here's the thing. Um, the Old Testament is very literal, right? It's not going to talk about things that you have to learn about. It's going to be things that you're going to see and go, bloody hell, you know? <laughs> um, and one of those things you know, is, is now considered entertainment. But, you know, a thousand years ago, if you saw, if you saw an eclipse a thousand years ago, when all of a sudden the sun goes black, right, you would run for the hills because you knew something was going to happen, right? So um, that is one of the signs in the sky that the Most High talks about, right? And um, it just so happens that uh, a lot of eclipses um, happen at certain times when, when um, things uh, occur for the Israelites. So, um, so yeah, um, I, I don't want to give you too much information because it takes a lot of uh, exp- explanation to get there. Right. Well, you, you bring up the Israelites. Maybe this would be a good time to sort of uh, segue into that and what your inter- interpretation is of who the Israelites are, where they come from. Okay. Well, um, going back to the beginning... Um, so after the flood, right, you've got uh, you've got all these people who are corrupted with of Nephilim DNA. Right? Post flood, the Most High is going through the bloodlines and he's choosing certain people. He's saying, out of my out of Noah's three sons, Shem is the chosen one. He's the one with the most of you know the most Adamic blood, as it were. Okay. Um, and then because of the way DNA works, you know, uh, traits sort of disappear and then pop up again later on and whatever, um, he chooses a particular line of people. So out of Shem's five sons, our Faxad is chosen and then skips a few generations and it's Eba. And then a few generations later, it's, um, it's Abraham, okay, and so on. Right, so Abraham was was told he had to marry his half-sister, Sarah, okay? Um, now, Sarah was barren, and so Sarah gave um, him, you know, her handmaid, an Egyptian woman, and, um, you know, they had a child, Ishmael. But that was that was Abraham's firstborn. But the Most High said, no, he's not, he's not chosen because he's not of the same bloodline, right? You have to, your child is going to be from Sarah, and indeed, she had a child at about 100, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Isaac had children, Isaac was born of Sarah and Abraham. When Isaac had children, something new happened. So he had twins, and um, those twins, um, the, the firstborn, all the Nephilim DNA was concentrated in the firstborn, Esau. Okay, And in Jacob... It was absent. So um, now Jacob's blood had been purified of the Nephilim DNA. So all of his offspring were now chosen. Okay. Um, Esau, again, concentrated um, uh, Nephilim DNA. That's, the, that's the, the battle. That's the war that's been going on ever since that time and is still going today. Between so the sons of yes, Isaac. All, yes, Right, um, and you might recognise a name for the sons of Isaac, right? Saxons. Okay, Saxon means Isaac's sons. Right. Okay. 
right? So you've got two types of Saxon, right? You've got Saxons, Isaac's sons, and you've got the Anglo-Saxons, the angelic sons of Isaac. And when it says angelic, it doesn't mean the good angels either. Okay? <laughs> right, so... Yeah. Um, so, as I said, there's this war going on. There are lots of other nations, but, you know, according to, as far as the Bible's concerned, it's not interested in all those other nations. It's interested in the most highs people, the ones who have got the most um, of Adamic blood, right? And the other fellas, uh, the children of the fallen angels. And that is the battle that's raged ever since. Um I think I was going to say something else, but I've forgotten it. What about, um, I'm just thinking about the Islamic world. Don't they trace their heritage to Ishmael? Yes, they do. Which is a yes, generation earlier, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so what do you mean by that? So, so aren't they sort of, have they sort of been cut out of the the uh, Isaacson war, if you like? Uh yes. Yes, because, again, um, the aim was to get back to the Adam, the original blueprint, okay? So um, Ishmael wasn't of that blueprint. He wasn't, he wasn't pure enough. Um, but Jacob was, and, uh, and Esau was the opposite, okay? So, so it makes sense because you, you end up with equal and opposite. You've got the most highs um, offspring... So 12 or 13 tribes of Israel. And right now, today, you have um, 12 or 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati who are the other fellas. So that's the war that's been going on. Um, and uh, if you go back to that story of um, Esau and Jacob, well, Isaac had the um, inheritance of the whole earth, okay? And not because as, as like a ruler, but as a steward, which was Adam's original job, really. Yeah. Um, so um, when it came to the time that, uh, you know, Isaac was going to die and he wanted to pass on the blessing, normally the firstborn will get it, right, just because they're for the firstborn. But the Most High already said, no, it's Jacob who's going to get the, the blessing. So a bit of, uh, you know, messing around, and Jacob ended up with a blessing. I um, Esau came back. And, uh, and was like, you know, realised he didn't get the blessing. So he begged his father for a blessing. Uh, and his father said, um, you're going to live in the best places on earth. You're going to live luxuriously, but you are going to do so by the sword, by warfare and, and violence, okay? Um, but Esau's blessing was a temporary one. So Esau's blessing came in... Um, uh, a time we call the Renaissance period, okay? So 500 years ago, their, they, their blessing came in. They started rampaging across the earth, killing, maiming, destroying, and now they live in the best places on earth, and, you know, they got there by the sword, right? Um, but it was only a temporary blessing. It's only temporary because Jacob got the real blessing. So... Esau's blessing is running out. It's, it's, it's ending right now, right? 500 years down the line, it's gone, which is why that bloodline is rushing 
to essentially exterminate the Israelites because they believe if they can exterminate the Israelites, then they will inherit the earth by default. Now then, when you say Israelites, a lot of people listening probably have a different conception of who you're talking about. That be, Would that be fair? Yes, because uh, one of the bloodlines of the Illuminati right, um, has essentially um, usurped that identity. Um, in fact, the people who've, who are usurping the identity used to be called the name stealers. Uh, the Khazarians in the Khazarian Empire, they would, um, they would literally, okay, because they, where they were situated, uh, they were in between essentially the West and the East. So um, people traveling, merchants traveling from, from the West into, towards China, say, they would have to pass through Khazarian land. And so what the Khazarians would do is, you know, welcome them in. Say, hey, how do you, come in, stay at my house. You know, have the best seat in the house, have the best food. You know, let's feed you up, let's get you drunk. And they would question them. You know, well, where are you going? What's your, what's your full name? You know, well, who's the person you're going to meet? You know, how much are you going to pay for it? And once they've got all enough information, they'd kill the person and then go and make the trade. <laughs> all right? So they'd usurp that guy's name and, um, you know, and, and, and work that way. So um, the people you're thinking of, well, they've told you they're not the real people, right? Because they don't call themselves Israelites. They call themselves Israelis. They don't call themselves Judeans or, or Yahudim. They call themselves Jews, yeah? They don't call themselves uh, Shemites, they call themselves Semites. It's all word magic, okay? Um, but even their own scholars say they're not the people. They're not the real people. Um, so the real people, the book says, were going to be, in the last days, they were going to be coming out of a period of 400 years of slavery and affliction. And, Sounds uh, familiar. Deuteron- yeah. If you look in Deuteronomy 28, the second half of where it talks about the curses, it, it tells you what that slavery and affliction is going to look like. And it was going to be the worst ever. You know, every time the Israelites were in a blood covenant with the Most High, you know, they agreed to be the Most High's people. And the Most High said, well, if you follow my commandments, you are going to be blessed. Right? And uh, it lays out the blessings in the first half of Deuteronomy 28. But he said, if you don't follow my commandments, it's not going to go well for you. And um, the second half of Deuteronomy 28 tells you what they were going to have to go through. Um, So the Israelites kept messing up all the time. They kept following other gods and doing all these nasty things. And they kept getting getting punished. Now, the, the the last punishment, the final punishment was going to be the worst. 400 years of hard slavery and hard affliction, okay, ending in the last days. And um, when it ended, you'll get people are going to start to wake up and remember who they are. In fact, the the name of the Old Testament wasn't always the Old Testament. Its actual name is the Book of Remembrance, right, because it was written by the Israelites back then, for their ancestors or their descendants, sorry, their descendants who are alive today, 
so they can remember who they are and who their most high is. Um, so, yeah, sorry. so when does this sort of hijacking take place? Is it when the books are written down? Are we talking sort of, uh, you know, five, 600 BC when I think that's sort of the mainstream opinion when this sort of, sort of book started to be collated and written down? Is it before that? Uh, when you say hijacking, what do you mean exactly? When the name stealers, as you put it, mm-hmm. started to steal the names and steal the history, if you like. Right. Well, the the current okay, the current name stealing of these people. Well, it started in uh, the ninth century um, when they basically the Khazarians basically um, converted to a religion that they made up. It was basically a pagan religion, Babylonian religion, um, and uh, they called it Judaism. Never existed before. You know, the the Israelites didn't have a religion. They just had a way of life. Okay. Um, but they made this religion up, converted to it, and uh, now they pretended that they're, you know, they're the uh, the actual Israelites. Um, but 500 years ago, as I said, is when this bloodline, um, you know, became to basically to became dominant in Europe, and uh, and began their rampage. Um, have you got any top tips on spotting a Nephilim? Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay. Um, it might upset a few people, right? Um, but humans, according to the book, humans look like me, okay? Maybe a bit darker than me. Um, now, um, the children of the fallen angels look very different. They looked absolutely alien, Okay, they were like pale-skinned. <laughs> well, no, no, not not actually like you because, well, somewhat because unfortunately most of us are are corrupted by this this nephilim DNA. You know, I've got green eyes and um, and I've got excess body hair. There are a couple of the traits of the nephilim, right? But um, but the nephilim looked like they were pale-skinned, blonde hair, blue-eyed. Okay. There's no melanin in their in their body whatsoever, or the the right type of melanin. Okay, um, so uh, the reason I know this is because when Noah was born, Noah was um, was um, born slightly different. So as a as a sign that he was going to do something you know amazing in his days. Okay, and when he was born, his father Lamech was terrified. He said, I have, I've given birth to a, a son that uh, doesn't look like me. He's, he's, he looks like the children of the fallen angels. And the, the description of Noah was that he was born um, either blonde or white hair, mm-hmm. very pale skin and uh, blue eyes. Right? And, um, and apparently it changed as he got older. Um, but so we know what the children in the Nephilim look like. So they would they looked alien, but um, their method of warfare, right, where is when they find a population, they infiltrate that population, and to, and get into positions of power. And when they've got enough power, they would you know um, overrun and kill all the males, and rape the women, and then take on the identity of the people. Um, 
and then rewrite history so you don't know about the original people. And that's still going on in the world today. I mean, um, a couple of hundred years ago, an Australian was a was a very black man. Now an Australian is a uh, is a you know white European, you know. So it's just the same process is going on. Now that's not to say that all white people are Nephilim. <laughs> that's not true. Okay, um, what's happened, as I said, is this invasive species, who were very a uh, very small number of them at, at the beginning. This invasive that invasive species has has infiltrated humanity and then changed um, not only the look of humanity but changed the societal norms of humanity so that you know their dna and traits don't look out of place right that makes any sense yeah um i was reading uh, years ago now um graham hancock's book on uh, the ark of the covenant uh the sign and the seal and uh, he was talking in that book about this this sort of community of Ethiopian Jews, and what was really striking about them is that he described like their customs as being like a very old version of Judaism, almost as if they'd been separated. And I wondered if this uh, is something you come across, or whether that played into your research, this idea. Yeah, while he was while he was talking, I was trying to remember the name of the place that you're talking about. Um, and it's gone straight out of my head. It's where Axum, Axum. That's capital, um, isn't it? That's yeah. That's apparently where the um, where the Ark of the Covenant is at the moment. And um, now it says in the Old Testament that um, uh, no, I can't remember where it is now. Ah, I'm not one of those people who can just reel off the chapter and verse and all that. But um, but yes, uh, uh, I believe uh, a thousand men of each of each uh, tribe went um, to Ethiopia with uh, the Queen of Sheba. So there was a contingent of Israelites who went with, a, you know, to, to Kush or Ethiopia um, with the Queen of Sheba and um, it's supposed that they took the Ark of the Covenant with them. So that's why it's, it's, in, it's being guarded to this day in a, in a place called Axum by people whose whose whole lives are about guarding that that site. Yeah, and aren't they blind as well? The priests or the monks? I think they're blind. The ones who look after the ark, supposedly. Supposedly, it, it could be. It could be because um, apparently it's a it's a powerful powerful weapon. It was used in the Old Testament. It was used as a weapon, um, just like in uh, you know Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. You know, when the <laughs> Nazis open up. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Face matter. <laughs> Well, who did we? Yes. We had someone on a, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, talking about maybe some sort of radioactive material oh, being yeah. in the ark. Maybe that was the cause. Oh. I can't remember. Yeah, Somebody with orgones, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, was. the orgone guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, when we're not meant to know everything. Yeah, oh. we don't. You know, there are, there are things in the world we we've got no idea about, uh, and uh, you know, we we I, I think it's arrogant of us to say that. Oh, we know what's in it. It's radiation and this. No, I don't. We don't know. We don't. Well, it's supposed to be the tablets, isn't it? The tablets that Moses yeah. brought down, and didn't they burn his face as well at some point? He, he had to wear a hood, a veil, or something. I 
Well, I don't know about that, but um, I do know that the priesthood were the only ones who were allowed to be anywhere near it. And they were the only ones who were allowed to, you know, go into the temple and uh, anyone else would die if they went in. Um, wow. So, yeah. And it's and what's funny is, um, so not far from where that is, where the Ark is, um, is a, a place called Malawi. Have you heard of Malawi? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what that word? You know what that place name means? No. No. Right. So think about it. There's no V in Paleo Hebrew. Yeah. No V. Uh, the where you see a V, you'd use a, a a kind of W sound. It's a wow sound, right? So, Lewi is Levi. Malawi means city of Levi. Wow, and that was sort of the the priestly class. The Levites, wasn't it? Um, yes, that's the priest class. Um, so uh, I believe when when um, the Israelites were in Egypt and they started the the, uh, the, the enslavement, the, the Levites were separated. So the Levites didn't go into slavery. They were separated, and apparently they ended up in what we call Malawi now. Right, because I think at the time the Egyptian Empire was bigger than what we currently recognise as the country of Egypt. I'm sure it went down further south into, I think, what they called Nubia or, or the Kush, I think, maybe. <clears throat> that would make right, sense. Well, well um, okay, there's a story about Jacob in the Old Testament about when he went to get his wife. Right? Um, he worked for seven years for um, a guy called Laban, and um, Laban tricked him uh, and gave, um, you know, he was after Rachel, but he, he tricked him and gave him Leah instead. And so he ended up working another seven years for, for Rachel. The reason why, one of the reasons why he did that was that while Jacob was with him, Laban was getting very prosperous. Right? He was, he became, you know, he was his sheep and oxen just, just multiplied and, and he was very prosperous. So it seems that when the Israelites are in a place, that place becomes prosperous. So when Egypt had the Israelites there, Egypt became, became the world power. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, when America took the Israelites into, you know, into slavery, America became the world power. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I was going to ask, um, I don't know anything about this guy. I just remember hearing about him years ago on the news. Uh, Haile Gabri Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia. And I wondered if there's some sort of correlation here between your sort of theology and and that theology? Well, um, as far as I know, um, Haile Selassie uh, traces his uh, lineage back to, um, you know, a son of Solomon, King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. That's right. So he, he um, you know, expresses his royalty from that, from that line. You know, so Solomon was, was of the royal line. There is only one royalty in this world, it's of the line of uh, of King David. Um, now, in England, we had that royalty, that royal line, um, and it ended with the Stuart line um, with Charles II, funnily enough. 
Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's an accident. We've got Charles the Third now, but but yeah, Charles the Second was the last of that that uh, um, you know that uh, royal bloodline. Um, what happened next was um, when they, when Charles the Second was deposed, a white Germanic bloodline took the throne. They usurped the throne, and that Germanic bloodline is still on the throne today. Is that is that William of Orange? William of Orange. Um, and then um, somebody else, I think, I can't remember, was it Edward? No, I can't remember. Uh, Frederick married um, a daughter of, of Charles II, or um, I can't remember, but it, they married into that bloodline, but they weren't, obviously, because the lineage follows the father, they weren't actually, you know, of the bloodline. So their, their offspring weren't um, of the bloodline because the lineage follows the father. So, as I said, we've got a, we've got this. Um, I think Frederick was of the Hanover, Hanover family. Um, so we've got a Germanic bloodline on the throne, and not the actual um, original Davidic one. Um, and you know, you, we live in the United Kingdom because of James. You know, King James. Uh, he was, again, he was of that bloodline. He was of the line of Fares, and. Um, and he actually was the one who united, you know, Ireland, Scotland, and France, and even France actually, uh, into the United Kingdom. Okay, it's that's why we have the Union Jack. It's a reunification of Jacob. Yeah, um, it's it's all. This is all connected. This was supposed to be, or England was supposed to be, the New Jerusalem, uh, the new stronghold of the uh, the Israelites. But it wasn't sanctioned by the Most High, so it collapsed very quickly. Um, so yeah, sorry. That's, I've got a, a video called "Why Great Britain Is No Longer Great or British," um, and I, I go into that. Does um, I'm just uh, we're coming up to time soon, but you, you mentioned the uh, the New Jerusalem there. I was just wondering, does the the Crusades play in this at all? Because that was I don't know if that's the same sort of royal lineage. It's it's obviously it's about six hundred years earlier, but you've got these sort of French nobles primarily wanting to take Jerusalem. Mm. I to be honest, I have I concentrate my research because it's it's a massive topic. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, yeah. But I concentrate my research on on um, because I was looking for my own lineage. I was looking for, you know, where do I fit in, you know? And so I was concentrating on what happened in this country. And um, so I, I didn't go into the, the Crusades. Um, but, I, uh, you know, along the way, I found out what, how this country was, was founded. Um, and it's not what you think either. Well, go on. You can't can't tease us like that, Dave. How was it? How was it founded? <laughs> I was just had to bring that in. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, what's the traditional was... story first? Ah, of... uh, well, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know what the traditional story is. It's a. It's a bit murky, isn't it? It's hazy. It's like, is it? Is it King Arthur? Or is that? Was that real? Is that a legend? Or yeah. Um, well, it turns out that um, this country was founded by a. Uh, and the Hebrew Israelite, who was a Trojan prince. Oh. Okay, so after the fall of Troy, this uh, this this guy, this prince, who's called Brito, or anglicised to Brutus. Brutus, yeah. He uh, he arrived in 1103 BC in, in Totnes, and um, 
he found that this country was overrun by red-headed giants. <laughs> and, um, yeah, wow. red-headed giants, 18 or so foot tall, with uh, covered with shaggy red hair. Um, the king of the giants was called Albion, which is why the country used to be called Albion. Um, so the Israelite, the uh, the Trojans basically wiped out all these giants, apart from one. Um, they left one alive because one of um, Brutus's men, Corinius, wanted to fight a giant hand to hand. So they had this epic battle on um, on Plymouth Hoe, right? So they were fighting, and uh, and this this giant whose name was Gog Magog, right? So you mentioned it earlier, yeah. yeah? This giant Gog Magog, like got got Corinius in a bear hug and crushed and broke some of his ribs. And Crinius got so angry, he ended up throwing this giant over the cliffs. And the place where he, you know, the, the giant landed was uh, was renamed Lamb Go Mago, or Giant's Leap. And on Plymouth Hoe, up until the 1700s, there was one of those chalk drawings on the hill oh, wow. of two giants fighting. But it was actually a giant and Gog Magog and uh, and Crinius. And today. In Lord Mayor's parade, they parade two giants, Gog and Magog. But it's supposed to be Gog, Magog and Corinius. No way. I love the whole, because um, there's so many civilizations who trace their, their lineage back to the Trojan War and refugees from, from Troy. It's, it's very romantic. Mm. It's, I find it very attractive. Did you know what the first um, name of London was? No. Troy and over. Oh, that's better. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take it back. New Troy. Well, Troy New and Troy. Over. New Troy, yes. Yeah. And there's a um a tribe of people who used to live around that area called the Trinovantes. Troy New Troy. New Troyites. So this is like before the Romans when you've got the Brigantes and the Iceni and the Trivantes. Brigantes. Yes, wow. because it's Again, he, he arrived in 1103 BC. Yeah. Way before the Romans. Absolutely. And I believe, um, you know, Hadrian's Wall, um, I, I believe that that wall has been there for a lot longer, way, way before the Romans, because it was there to keep the, the red-headed giants out. <laughs> Russ Abbott. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. well, it's true, because um, that's what the Great Wall of China was, to keep the giants out. And there are walls all over the earth, keeping these giants at bay. You know. Yeah, the uh, the one I'm interested in as well is the one that goes across Wales. Oh, it's okay. sometimes called Offa's Dyke, but there are there are theories that that could have been the Severan Wall, and that the Romans actually built a, a, a wall from Chester to Bristol, and it's been again it's been lost in in translation. And when people in in the Roman history books say the set set. Severan Wall, they mean one that's north of uh, Hadrian's Wall, but it's not. It's this one that cut off Wales. That's near the river. I would suggest suggest that was a wall like Hadrian's Wall, again, to keep the red-headed giants out of Wales because the Welsh were were always called little, little black people. Yeah. Tall, you know, I've got a, I've got a book from the 1900s called, uh, um, Riddle's a prehistoric man, and um, it talks about the little dark Welshman. Um, 
you know, and uh, and describing. Well, it literally d- it describes. Um, oh no, I'm, get, I'm getting sorry, I'm getting two books mixed up. Um, it was the uh, Origins of the Anglo-Saxon Race by Thomas Shaw, and it talks about how um, I don't know Hartford and Buckinghamshire had people who li- who looked as dark as the Welsh, um, and you know it was yeah. So Sc- um, Scotland. Ireland and uh, and Wales were black countries. Uh, Britain, which we call England now, um, was mixed tribes of black, brown and, and white people. Fascinating. Well, Dave, we've just ticked over an hour now. And uh, uh, I could talk I haven't to even started. <laughs> I know, I could talk to you all night, but, you know... We've got to let you get on with your life. I mean, mm. all the links are in the show yeah. notes for people to follow Dave and, and visit his wi- website. Do the uh, the Muggle test. Hey, I did the Muggle test, Dave. I oh, got, yeah? Yeah. I How'd got, you do? Uh, level five. Level five? Oh, God, that's, that's a bit poor, actually. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Don't say that. I think there was, no, a, there was a bug in it. There was a bug, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anything you want to leave us with before you go? Before we let you go? Is it one of your Ferraris? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the thing I like leaving people with about all this, right, um, everything that's going on in the world right now, right, it's not important. Right? All this stuff right, isn't important because, um, can I tell you the, the, the big secret? Oh, man. Can we put it behind the paywall? Yeah, yes, Bill. I'll tell you the big secret. Okay, the big secret is you're going to die. What? <laughs> what? Never. Thor's going to live forever. Straight, no, but it might sound funny, but this is the this is a secret. They're trying to get people not to to realize that you know that they're going to die, right? And get people afraid of this idea of death, right? The point is, it's the only thing that is is inevitable about your life. It's going to end at some point, and you don't know when, where, how, whatever. It's it's going to happen. So you can take that off the table, right? Everything that's going on here, out in the in the world that seems scary and whatever, doesn't matter because you're going to die at some point anyway. It doesn't matter if you die because there's a pin, somebody sticks a needle in your arm and uh, and you keel over, or you trip over a paving stone and hit your head, and 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 that's it, right? Doesn't matter. Right, so don't live your life in fear. Right? It, none of this matters. What matters is how you play this game. Right? How do you how do you uh, react to all this stuff that's going on? There's only two choices. You can either react righteously or wickedly, and you're going to get scored at the end on how you do. Well, hopefully, we'll get further than level five. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so uh, play well, play yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it's not about winning or losing, it's how you play the game. It's mm. what my dad used to tell me exactly. when I was three years old. <laughs> yes, yeah. very good. He was, trying to, he was trying to tell you something. Yeah. I mean, I have to check him, his blood for Nephilim. Mm. <laughs> well, Dave, this has been wonderful. Thanks a lot for joining us. Um, like I said, links are in the show notes. Why are you not subscribed to Allegedly Dave's YouTube channel? No, I know. You really should be. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Dave. Um, Stay on the line for us for a minute while we play ourselves out. And uh, the rest of you watching in uh, YouTube land, Mm. we'll be back in 10 minutes or so for part two, do some news. Yeah, okay. Okay.
See Take you soon. care. Bye. Ciao. Ciao, bad love. Bye. Thanks, Dave. Okay, welcome to part two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> We're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That was our chat with alleged, allegedly Dave. Yeah, I'm a bit... Ma, I'm ma, a bit, the myth of the legend. I'm a bit worried because of my excess body hair, my green eyes now. Yeah. Phil, Phil, Phil's looking at me and going, you've got green eyes. Uh, yeah, it's not green to me. What would you say? You have to take them out and have a look. Yeah, greeny hazel. Grazel. Green... Nice. Nope. I think, as Dave said, I think we've all got a bit of Nephilim in, nephilim in us. Mm-hmm. Some have more than others. Yeah. You're, oh. you're one hairy motherfucker, so you're probably, you know, 70% Nephilim. Why am I so small then? I, I'm, I'm quite smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Yeah, shit. Yeah. Different genes for different things. <laughs> yeah. Switched off the height gene. Son of Levi, that's where you get your genes from. What were you, what were you going to say, Ben? About you were saying something before we hit. Oh the yeah, I was one. saying we should sell. Ra- we should have a raffle and sell ice cream during the interval, <laughs> like an old school theatre. I went to a Pink Floyd tribute act last night, and well, it was the first first date of their tour, and they had a raffle and sold ice cream well, in the interval. Was it Australian Pink Floyd? No, they were like from London, I think. Right. Yeah, but yeah, the raffle prizes were half bottle of Frisionet and uh, a bottle of peach snaps. So it was that kind of gig, you know, the best kind of gig. Did you win? I did not win, no. No, unfortunately. But, you know, we had a good time. What were they called? They normally have good names. Pinked Floyd. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, Matt Apocalypse in the chat. Get yeah. some Biden-style aviators. Yeah. Don't know what that's in reference to. And uh, Danny G, looking good. Oh, Danny, Danny G. G. Oh, Danny G. <laughs> Willie G. <laughs> du, du. Chungus never seems so sus. So sus. So sus. The question is, does Danny G vent to electrical? Yeah. Only he can tell us. He vents to electrical. Confirmed. Confirmed. Danny G vents to electrical. (sighs) Right. um, Check out the link in the show notes. Mm. You really should be following Allegedly Dave. Some mad shit. Mad shit. And um, he's just been on the sheet farm. He's going to be on Rise Above as well. And I think... Early February, I think it was, or maybe around the teens of February, I think. The Ides. The Ides of February. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, you know, if, if you want some more Dave in your life, and who doesn't, uh, keep a lookout for that. On uh, In fact, you could t- probably go to Rise Above's channel and uh, hit the bell. Yeah. For that. Ding, ding, know. ding. Mm-hmm. To do that. Clever YouTube, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. in. Very clever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right, should we move on? Should we do some... Some headlines? I think we should. Oh, Fuzzy B. <laughs> Why is everyone a Willie G wannabe in our chat? Don't know. Don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Capital letters. A big news story. Headlines of the week. I forgot. Dog goes foraging for stick only to return with sex toy which she refused to put down. Did we not do this story I in like think, October? Yeah, I think this happens on a regular basis. 
Would Stop you... leaving your dildos <laughs> in parks. I think you're thinking of this. Yes. I, I was, we... yeah. Yes. And you're getting a deja vu here. Spaniel dildo. Oh, Spaniels. Um, yeah, a dog Cock has... Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> a dog has left her owner in stitches after she ran off during a walk to go and find a stick, but came back with a sex toy in her mouth instead and refused to let it go. Manuel Barquia. <laughs> oh, it is a that's span- not the... Espanol. <laughs> Manuel Barquia. <laughs> that's not the dog's name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Manuel Barquia, 50... <laughs> <laughs> was walking this good in intro. <laughs> is that 15 dog years? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. What five. is food? I can't do five by seven. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like eight, wouldn't it? So, yeah. <clears throat> no, Manuel Barkier, 50, was walking his 15 month old Gordon Retriever, oh. Ahsoka, in Horseforth, Leeds, on Thursday. Ahsoka is one of them Jedi's, isn't it? The, uh, oh, the Lady yes. Jedi. Yeah, she's getting a series, I think. On Disney. Boom. <laughs> <The> shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the pup wandered off to find a, uh, find a big stick that she could show off to her owner. But when the pooch returned, Manuel was gobsmacked to see that instead of a stick, Ahsoka had her teeth around a large penis-shaped vibrator. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, it's, look at it. It's got, it's got mud ingrained just underneath the frenulum. <laughs> the glands. Yeah. <laughs> Ahsoka's gone one better, I think, because, I mean, I would put that dildo at nine inches. Okay. Judging by my incredible knowledge of dog physiology. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas that, I think that's a foot long. So we're going, so it's a cubit versus a royal cubit. Is it? A bit bit far away. The retriever doesn't look too happy with that. I think she, she looks delighted. Yes, they've been dogging. Hey, Sam. Welcome, Sam. Uh, where were we? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Manuel, a university pre- professor from Leeds, West Yorkshire, said, she's always carrying <laughs> a, a stick or something similar. Being a retriever, she always brings sticks back or rocks. She went off and found it in the long grass. When she came back, I couldn't believe it. I was laughing for a solid five minutes before I pulled myself together to go and get it off her somehow. Not wanting to touch the object, the man had to come up with a creative way to get his dog to leave her new toy behind and resorted to breaking out the dog treats. But Manuel said Ahsoka wasn't happy about letting the sex toy go. Didn't want to let it go. Gripping. I thought I'd have to take it out of her mouth, which I weren't very keen on. I got the treats out and convinced her to put it down so I didn't have to pick it up. And then I hooked her on the lead and we quickly sped away. I mean, you've got to wonder what that has, that dildo has been used for for it to be discarded. Yeah, that that wasn't mud. <laughs> Why are they always the sucker type ones that get left in parks? I mean, I don't know. I what don't know. To in a, park? a slide. Oh, that's horrible. Oh yeah, good point. Men's inches or women's inches? I didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> I thought they were the same in universal measurement. No. A measure of man is a measure of all things or something. <clears throat> man is the measure of all That's things. That's the one. <laughs> okay, let's move on. What else have we got? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, this is weird. Family of woman found mummified in Yorkshire home believed she was alive in Quest Hears. Oh, my God! She was so quiet. 
Yeah, this is it. This is where we're going. This is bizarre, this. The family of a woman whose mummified corpse was found in their home believed she was alive for months after she had died, an inquest heard. Despite extensive police inquiries, no cause of death has been established in the case of Rina Yasutake, whose remains were found at the home she shared with her mother and siblings in Helmsley, North Yorkshire. Hmm. Yorkshire again? What's going on in Yorkshire? Some... Strange. They were God, living with her. Yeah. Oh, right. Carry on. <laughs> Suspicions were raised at a local chemist <laughs> in September 2018 when her brother, Takahiro, 51, and sister, Yoshika, 56, repeatedly bought bottles of surgical spirit over a period of days. What's surgical spirit used for? Like cleaning wounds? Is it like ethanol? Is it like a yeah, alcohol, or, pure or, alcohol? Or they're like embalming yeah. her. We're going to be checking the Google searches there on their phones. The emergency services were called to the address in Bondgate, where paramedics found her dead body under a duvet on a mattress on the floor. It was obvious the 49-year-old had been dead for weeks. The inquest into her death was told. But the reclusive family continued to believe she was alive. Craig Hassel, uh, KC representing the family, asked Detective Inspector Nicola Holden, who led the police investigation, if the family was utterly convinced that she was alive when the emergency services attended. The detective replied, they, they were at the time and for many months after. Home office pathologist Jennifer, uh, Dr Jennifer Bolton said it was hard to determine how long Miss Yasutake had been dead, given the extent of mummification, but that the level to which it had developed had took Quote, some weeks. Miss Yasutake's brother, sister, and eight-year-old mother, Michiko Yasutake, were charged with preventing a lawful and decent burial. But the prosecution was halted when it was found the family, originally from Japan, suffered from a rare mental disorder. No details of which are given. Have you heard of this mental disorder? (laughs) Rare one? But you, see, you don't see dead people. That's seemingly hereditary. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I have, no, I have not. No. Coroner John Heath was told there was no evidence of any third party involvement in her death, no sign of injury or toxicological cause. Rina Yasutake was a talented pupil and won a scholarship to Cambridge University where she studied classics, specialising in linguistics. She didn't work after university and the family had lived together in Helmsley for 20 years, the inquest was told. In statements given to a psychiatrist, the brother and sister said that during the course of 2018, Rina stopped eating, grew weaker and began began to move less and less. (laughs) Earlier that year, it was recorded that Miss Yasutake, who was 4 foot 11 inches tall, weighed just 6 stone 6 pounds. Her sister, Yoshika, told the psychiatrist, quote, She didn't say much. So he said to her to, uh, to eat and drink more. Mm. She looked like she was being nourished by eating her soul. I don't know how to explain. What? what? Is this a script? Is this like this, a... These is, are in quotes. Is, it, is this like a screenplay? <laughs> her, her sister, Yoshika, told the psychiatrist, she didn't say much, so he said to her to eat and drink more. She looked like she was being nourished by eating her soul. I don't know how to explain. Even though she was not eating, she was nourished with spiritual food and she was fulfilled. 
It's mad. Oh God, that's like those people that get stuck in video games and forget to eat. Yeah. Like, I've had my Roblox food or whatever. <laughs> You've had a chug, chug cannon <laughs> on, on Fortnite. Was that Fortnite? <laughs> uh, even though she was not, uh, yeah, blah, blah. Mr. Hassel described his clients as very insular and isolated, and Miss Holden agreed that even when using a Japanese interpreter... <coughs> interpreter. I thought she was going to say even when using a <coughs> Japanese accent. <laughs> <laughs> Communication was difficult, as the family spoke their own dialect. Wow. What? So it's like backslang. Interesting. It's wild. Uh, Miss Holden added that during inquiries, it was found they had no means of communicating with the outside world and had no TV or radio. Mr. Heath recorded an open conclusion saying, I am unable from the evidence available to determine how she died. It's uh, crazy. Crazy story, man. That That is is a crazy story. That is the craziest story we've had for headlines. Mm. Mummified? I mean, the headline says mummified. So was she mummified? The article doesn't go into any detail of any sort of mummification where the signs of organs being removed, that sort of thing. That's what I was going to say. Is her brain being scraped out through her nose? <laughs> Maybe they mean desiccated. Yeah. Which is just dried, dried out. Dried out, isn't it? Yeah. With the heat, they had the heating on really high. Current. Or uh, it must green. have been pre um, gas price increases, maybe. Yeah, 2018. Oh, is that when it was? Right. 2018. She was have the heating on all year round then, wouldn't they? Yeah, fuck it. Oof. Yeah. Uh, it is bonkers. Can't add anything that, you know, it's bonkers. More, I want more. I want more information. Yeah. Especially yeah. This, this rare mental disorder. <clears throat> where, where was it from? Where, North Yorkshire. Will you not be able to look at the current... <sighs> are you not allowed to get access to the coroner's court notes? Well, it's, it's, it's ongoing. Right. So maybe it has to, there has to be a verdict, maybe? Or... Okay. What did they say? Uh, recorded an open conclusion. So maybe that's the end of it. Finally, I can start the Army's Inquisition True Crime podcast. Yeah. yeah. Start with, <laughs> with this, this one. The mysterious mummification yeah. of Rina Yasutake. Yeah. Yasutake! <laughs> and okay. st- still don't understand. <laughs> uh, if you thought that story was mad. I did. <laughs> oh, well, look at this. This is a good one, this. Twin, twin credible, where we are, were, were, where I just did four different, <laughs> were near identical strangers with same name and eerily similar lives. So we took a DNA test to see if we're twins. All right, Brady Fagel was in for the shock. Love it. Brady Fagel was in for the shock of a lifetime when he met his doppelganger, who eerily has the same name. And life as him. <laughs> That's the weird. This is weird. This one. <laughs> oh, God. So on the left is Brady Fagel, and on the right is Brady Fagel in their re- respective baseball team uniforms. I think I've met Brady Fagel before. I can Gee, tell you yeah. which one. <laughs> well, let's go on. Both men are six foot four, red headed. Oh. Wear glasses. Nephilim. Yeah. Oh, we need to get Dave back. Mm. He's probably still online. Is he still in the Zoom? <laughs> in the waiting room. He's in the green room. And they both play baseball. In 2015, the two men first got mistaken for each other when they had the same elbow surgery. Oh, yeah. Ooh. 
performed by the same doctor, <laughs> Dr. James Andrews. Mm. Brady said, I don't know which one. <laughs> one of the Brady Fagels said, The Brady Bunch. <laughs> I was probably six or seven months out from the surgery, and their office called our trainer and said, Hey, when's Brady reporting for surgery? Is he getting down here tomorrow? He was like, He had it six months ago. What are you talking about? That's how I found out there were two of us. Mm. They also caught the attention of Ole Miss's social media account in 2017. 2017, sorry. Uh, confusing the two when tweeting a happy birthday message to Brady. The other Brady responded, Wrong Brady Fagel. You might be looking for at bfagel39. Uh, well, I've got some more pictures, I think. So you didn't have the same birthday, though. Oh. So she got the wrong one. There's you... one. Oh, well, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They have the same birthday. Well, has he got to go back? Has he got one of them sons from um, Raised by Wolves <laughs> on his shirt? Soul Invictus. Soul Invictus, yes. On his head. <laughs> on his shirt. On, on his, his head. head. On, on his, his head, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number 26. What's the numerology? It's twice 13, isn't it? Oof. And uh, he's a Padre, so that would be San Diego. Mm. San Diego Padres. Might be San Dimas. <laughs> Might be Nicodemus. Might be Shackadimus, Nicodemus, and players. <laughs> um, right, okay. So let's get some more detail. Right-handed babe, uh, baby, right-handed Brady Gregory Fagel is twenty-two and was born in Missouri and played for Oakland Athletics Single A baseball team. His twenty-seven-year-old counterpart, counterpart Brady Matthew Fagel, is from Maryland and played for the Texas Rangers AAA affiliate. Okay. Okay. So what are we thinking? What's the working hypothesis? What's going on here? Some strangeness. This Some is another... strangeness. This brings me back to um, Erie, Indiana, mm. and that family that put themselves in giant Tupperware boxes. Oh, yeah. So the younger one has been in a Tupperware box for five years... And then he's come out. And that's why <coughs> he's that's... younger, in inverted commas. Oh, so sort of like a separated at birth thing. Yeah, he's been in Tupperware. For five years? Yes, at least. Right. So they're, they're identical twins separated at birth. Yeah. They're the same height. Yes. They look the same. Yes. They obviously have the same, same interests. They both played baseball and they both had the same elbow surgery. Yeah. By the same doctor, yeah, six months apart, that's, right? That's, it's the weird, the stuff that, like yeah. that, the incidental stuff that's the weirdest. Oh, it gets weirder, man. <laughs> so obviously, what did they do? They took a DNA test. They're not fucking related. No. What? DNA test says no. Since the discovery in 2017, the two identical minor league pitchers took a DNA test to find out if they were related. <laughs> nope. That is mad. Both Bradys now make sure to check any baseball cards before signing them. Yeah. Even if they aren't brothers, both of them are connected for life. We're still brothers in a way, the older Brady said. We'll always be Brady Fagel. They've got the same fucking name, man. That's so weird. It's that just a weird. It's a weird, weird thing. It's, it's Mandela effect or simulation theory. <laughs> well, how else do you explain it? Oh, I don't know. It's some kind of dark magic. Mm. 
it's it seems to stretch the bounds of probability. Yeah, it does. The yeah. like the the likelihood of that just happening. Fringe reality. It's yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Mm. Maybe one of them is a, a Nephilim interloper from another dimension. Maybe they're watches. Mm. From somewhere. But, or they're definitely pictures. <laughs> definitely pictures. <laughs> we need to find all the people in the world with that same name. I mean, it's a weird name, isn't it? Fagel. Yeah. Brady Fagel. Mm. We need to coin coin the phrase Brady Fagel whenever oh, a strange coincidence. Oh, that's a real Brady. Yeah. BF. BF mm. that mother. <laughs> He's Fagled it again. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yes. Yeah, that was that was wild. Mm. I thought you'd like that one. Mm. Mm. I, uh, for some reason, I couldn't find it. Housekeeping. Ah. Housekeeping. So getting used to this new desk, you know. Seems lovely. The layout it vexes me. Same as it ever was. <laughs> The value for value podcast, and if you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways of doing this, and my favorite, as ever, is word of mouth and sharing links and uh, mm. hitting people in the mouth and say, Yo, hey, you, you fuck, listen to this. Ooh, that's a bit strong. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite way is fresh. Can what? I mention it? What? My favorite way is signing up to the newsletter. Oh, did you check the link? Did I did. It work? Yeah, it was fine. Right. Did you check it? No, no. I, did, I think I tried it the first time and it didn't work, so I gave up. So, you know, well, yesterday, if you, if you try once mean? and you fail, then give up. <laughs> Jib okay. it off. So am I, am I on a list then? I don't I know. know. I've not checked it. I will have a look. No, so I tried it first when it wasn't working. You mean last week? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, you can sign up to the newsletter. Link in the uh, show notes, so the the link, not link tree, whatever it's called. All my links mm. are in the show notes. Show notes. We had a um, <clears throat> an eavesdropper talking about uh, or asking about bacon nuts merchandise on the chat. I, I noticed earlier. It is a thing, yeah. You can get a bacon nuts branded mug, t-shirt. Here it comes. Hoodie. There's the t-shirt. I don't know if hoodies available. No. T-shirts and mugs are. If you are Francis Bacon Nut. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Francis Bacon's a mad lad as well so that's an interesting one to listen to oh yeah the show with Robert Frederick mm. that's right can't remember what number it is in the 200s I imagine yeah um, join us on <laughs> Element is it called the, the Element place. in the Room <laughs> yeah so you can interact directly with us this is the Discord alternative yeah so we were we were nuked on the uh, Discord, unfortunately. Terminated! Um, so, yeah, come and join us there um, and interact with us. Send even us... I'm on this one. <laughs> yeah, even <laughs> even Ben's making the effort, which I find a bit weird. <laughs> There's various threads on there, isn't there, for uh, sending us news clips, um, news stories that we use for this part of the show. Mm-hmm. It's where the, all, all the stuff comes from. Uh, audio and video clips, YouTube videos. You can send us, uh, submit your show artwork. Didn't yep. get any submissions this week, <clears throat> but I knocked one up. I just repurposed the uh, the YouTube artwork somewhat. 
and came up with this. There you go. Allegedly, there Dave Murphy, 265. Ka-ching, ka See what we've got there? Got Dave here in the middle. What else have we got? Chap. Got Dave. Got a, something about uh, at, behind the candelabra there in the top left. <laughs> oh, you'll like that. You know where that uh, carving's from? Uh, Rome. It's from, I think it's Trajan's co- column. Right, okay. Or is it Titus's column? Oh. So the, um, well, it would make sense if it was Titus, wasn't it? Because he sacked Jerusalem, 70 AD. Spend it off. Didn't he? he? He led the revolt under Vespasian to uh, destroy the temple. Yeah, I mean... And, and that's the Roman soldiers carrying the candelabra from the temple. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's Titus's column or something like that. And that's, that's Solomon's temple down. You know what it's missing, though? Ferrari. Yeah. It's flying in in the bottom. So there's the artwork. Yeah, but um, we use your artwork. Send us your artwork. Yeah. If you join the Element server, you get a um, a sneak preview of who's coming on the following week. If you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get a, a month's worth of guests and, oh. and bios. So you'll be seeing who's coming on for the next you know, three, four episodes. Rich pickings. And then you can uh, you can sub- submit your artwork via Elements or email it to us at thearmsinquisition at gmail.com. It's the Columns of Titus. That's from Blue Water something. I can't see your name there, but thanks for the clarification. Column of Titus. Mm. I'll should become a producer and drop your eavesdropping ways. Uh, you could Ooh. request a, a, a Focus G request. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're in a flunk. Um, you've got a job interview coming up. Maybe you're uh, suffering suffering from a health condition in the form of depleted chi. Mm. Uh, you can request some chi focusing in your direction for your given aim, and we will do that as a community. Mm. Um, we got one from Helen, actually. I don't know if this is going to work right. Helen says, Can you focus your chi on these stupid no-entry signs, please? To stop other dimwits like me driving through them on their test. Oh, there's so many, though. I mean, will uh, will a, a no entry sign an inanimate object respond to cheese? Chi? I don't think it will, and there's also an ethical conundrum around destruction of of road signs. Oh fuck it, let's do it anyway. <laughs> Does it have a prostate? A road <sighs> sign? No, you'll have to focus your chi somewhere else. Traffic wardens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, eyes down, look in. Let's focus our chi at the no entry signs. <laughs> See what oh, happens. No. Um, it's it's, it's out it? there. It's out there. Go out to work tomorrow and all, all the no-entry signs have, have fallen over. Shit, guys, I think I went off half-cocked. I've gone for the national speed limit sign. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you brought the wrong image to Fuck. mind. <laughs> They're similar. <laughs> yeah, if you see any broken road signs in the UK tomorrow, you know who to thank. The Amish boys. Yeah. Um, remember to uh, smash the like button, subscribe on the various video platforms. You can just click it gently. You don't have to. No, you got to smash it, Ben. I've heard you have to smash it. Do you? To smash the like. You got to ring the be- hit the bell and <laughs> smash the like. Smash yeah. the like. Never the other way around. 
Um, <laughs> leave lots of comments and reviews as well. Oh, reviews. Yeah, we like reviews, don't we? If yeah. you're in podcast land and you're listening, leave us an iTunes review. They're apparently valuable. Mm, good for the oh, algo. Yeah, good for Al Gore. Yeah. Mm. Ali G. The Ali G rhythm. Or if you're on Spotify, you can leave us a, a five-star rating now mm. in the Spotify player. Yeah. Only takes you a, a millisecond. <laughs> and if everyone did it who listened, it would really help us. Uh, yeah, that would be amazing. If everyone <laughs> could make a concerted effort to uh, hit all the things in the all socials, the buttons. that would be ace. Being smash them, don't hit them. <laughs> so smash them all. <laughs> I don't know, having to get a new screen for your we're, phone. We're very close to... Uh, a milestone on the subs for YouTube as well, aren't we? Mm. It would be fantastic to. Uh, I don't know what happens after. We'll just have another milestone. Yeah, but yeah, we'll do that. It would be nice. I don't think it means anything getting to a thousand, but did they I suppose not? it? I think um, it would help getting guests. You know, the more mm. subs you have, the mm. the easier it gets to get the people who we want to speak to. Yeah, you know? bam- bamboozle the big boys into. Mm. <laughs> With our 10,000 uh, thing is, I mean, Dave tonight's a bit of an exception, but I do like it that the fact that we get a lot of people who have never been on podcasts before. Yeah. And uh, obviously Dave's an exception. He does a lot of public speaking, which is great, and we appreciate that. But I think it's good to uh, like another one coming up. And uh, she's done maybe a couple of podcasts, a couple of three podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We're like the conduit to greatness. I, I see that. I see that happen time and time again. And I, I, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. <laughs> We're helping people up the ladder while being stamped on in the face. You love it. <laughs> I do. Step on me, daddy. <laughs> I'll go rhythm. I any, like it. Any other ways to become producer? Done artwork, haven't we? Merch. Good, uh, We've done merch. The Amish loot chest. If yeah. you want to buy some t-shirts, hoodies, they're available. I think it's the only, the best way to become a producer. The quickest way. Direct. By bondage. Tossing us a coin. Toss a That's coin right. to your witcher. Go to uh, do it for the lads. The lads. 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 You know, because we're northern oh, and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. Go to thearmistinquisition.com Find a PayPal button there You can give us a one-off donation Sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation Jerk a coin at us For fuck's sake Ugh. Throw a coin over your knuckles <laughs> Limp dick city <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we really appreciate it It helps us keep the lights on Pay for the uh, the web hosting mm. And uh, the Zoom And all the other yeah. associated costs Coal for the computer under here Yes, the coal-fired PC there is, a, there is a scuttle. <laughs> and um, shout out to the 13 Questions podcast. Which oh, I, have you done it? Which I, I appeared one. on last night. And spoiler alert, it's not actually 13 questions, it's 14 questions. Ooh. Oh, have they added a 14th question? There's a 14th question. What is and it? they've remember? reordered them as well. Oh, do you remember what the extra question is? Uh, what's your one sentence of advice you would give to future generations? To future oh, generations, God. not yourself. If you were, what was your answer? Uh, Eat food, <laughs> not too much. Mostly plants. M- mostly plants. That famous saying. Apple hood and mother pie. <laughs> Nurse Gladys would say. Yeah. John Campbell. Mm. 
What, what, was, what was it? Save, Save Plotland. Plotland. No spoilers. Vent, All right. Vent to electrical. Subscribe to the Amish Inquisition podcast. Did you enjoy your time with Bill and Adam? Yeah, it was fine. Um, I'm not sure that they en- enjoyed their time with me, though. Oh, don't say that. So Did they tell you in no uncertain terms? <coughs> don't come back. <laughs> so you recorded yesterday, did you? Yeah, so it's our Monday, Bill oh, says. Oh, wow. Uh, Quick turnaround. That's what Bill says. Right. So we'll see what happens. Good. Well, we'll probably when that comes out, we'll post links in our in our social media. Yeah. Or uh, I might have it. I mean, I'm, I was going to say I'll have a word with Bill, but I don't have a Discord account anymore because I no. got banned. Um, maybe we could put it on our feed. Hmm? Yeah, if you want, well, I can ask him if it's all right with those guys. I'm sure they won't mind. No. Or maybe we'll leave it a week. Yeah. Let them have it on their feed for a week. And then yeah. we can add it twice. Let the hordes come and download. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. Um, right. Okay. So we've covered it. That's all the ways of becoming a producer. So we, we better thank them. It's time, isn't it? It's time to big up the man Dems. Yo. Uh, producers for episode 265. We have Nick, Martin, Helen, and Lee from The Biggest Conspire. Thank you so much. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love. Literally. The best mate. Because I'm literally a communist. The dwarf. The current. The grape. The doctor of thugonomics. The homophobe. The wind. The chest feeding. Communist. The, the base sigma chat. The chance. The baby penis. Inner asshole. The dime bar. The number 11. The on the bus, the, <laughs> the big chungus, the cripple, and the mother of the from hell. Are you retarded? I don't get it, never will. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that? Uh, <laughs> I wonder why there's no. Uh... No audio. Well, no audio there. Costa Rica! No, it, it, there it, it is. It, it, it did say did it. Did you hear it then? Quietly. No, it's, it's, it's coming out of the telly, yeah. yeah. I was just wondering there. Oh, oh, whatever. Fucking shit. What's going on here? Is that one come out of the telly as well? Yeah, it is. <laughs> what is going uh. on? That's never happened before, has it? Advanced audio properties. Oh, let's not do it now. We're like we're kind of live doing a podcast. Ah, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> She'll be right. Ah! Uh, dear me. I, uh, what time are we on? Ooh, ten past five. Ten past five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit time dyslexic. Unless <laughs> you know, it's five past ten. Same diff. Yeah, ma'am. Um... You posted an article about French doctors going on strike in the element. Yeah, man, that's what I'm all about, is uh, the uh, destruction of health systems across the world. Well, I uh, I got a, a little clip here from, I think it's from France 24, or it might be DW. Oh, please be, the, please uh, be Deutsche Welle. I don't think it is Deutsche Welle. I think it is France 24. Ugh. Because it's not just the doctors, it's like the whole... System. Fabric of society is going on strike. They know how to do it in France, don't they? 
Oh, right, okay. She lays you I on. like it when it gets a little soft. I don't but, know. <laughs> but if you can find someone who smokes it correctly. I don't know why that played. France could soon be at a standstill. As President Emmanuel Macron pushes ahead with controversial pensions reform, the country's eight major unions have banded together to announce a nationwide day of striking. So the, the GP strikes was maybe a couple of weeks ago? I think it, is, yeah, it might be ongoing, oh, though. Like yeah, the, the, I mean, when they started. The, right, OK. Uh, but the, everyone's on the bandwagon now, it seems. They love it. Welcomed also by opposition party members. What we hope will happen in the coming weeks is that people will rise up that they will rise up for their pensions. Transport, schools, and for the first time, the French Ministry of Foreign Affairs will all take part on the 19th of January. Transport, schools, foreign affairs. Ministry of Foreign Affairs, whatever that is. Civil Service. Ministry of Silly Walks. Yeah, maybe. As well as refinery <laughs> workers will also walk out before... Refinery workers? Well, that's oil and gas, isn't it, I guess? Hmm. 48 hours on the 26th and for 72 hours on the 6th of February. Unions have already warned that industrial action could be extended, meaning a return to the long queues at petrol stations in the autumn of last year as supplies ran dry. There's a right to protest and to strike, but French people shouldn't be penalised. Protesters and workers argue the real penalty is the prospect of working two years longer, even in difficult and dangerous jobs. Ah, right, so you know how they've been saying over here that the state pension age is going to go up? I don't know what it is now. Is it 70? 67 it currently, isn't it? But it's, it plans to go up to 70, isn't it's it? 70, yeah. So it's a similar thing, it seems, over in France. Mm. I put my health at risk, which is fine. I'm... This guy's a sewer cleaner mm. in France. Listen, right. He's got nothing on a Bangladeshi sewer diver, <laughs> this guy. Whatever he says, he gets a baguette at the end of the day. That's a flashback. Yeah. So about 100 episodes. <laughs> you watch, did you watch a documentary about the Bangladeshi sewer cleaners? Sewer divers, yeah. That is a real fucking job. <laughs> what do they do? They, they, <laughs> when a sewer is blocked in Bangladesh, they, if they're lucky, they get a mask... And they hold their breath and they dive into the sewer and unblock the sewer of effluent and all the things that block sewage um, with their bare hands. And then they swim back out again. Oh, they'd be fine if they weren't a mask. They stop everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's over their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> still young. I still have energy. I don't see myself doing this at 55 years old or even 50 years old. From 2030, the retirement age will be raised for most workers from 62 to 64. To be entitled to full retirement pay, from 2027, retirees will need to have worked for 43 years, a measure initially slated for 2035. So it's gone up to 64 from 62. Yeah, well, there was a big thing, wasn't there, in um, Greece, you know, when they mm. collapsed or nearly collapsed and uh, whatever happened. Um I'm sure their retirement age was in the 50s, and that was a big thing. It got pushed back. Mm. Mm. I mean, what they hope is that you get to... They'll put it off as far as they can, as old as you are, and then they just hope you die soon after, basically. Well, that's the thing. So you're not a burden. So, that's why... <laughs> that's exactly that's, it. That's exactly well, what was your yeah. life? You, when the, the pension, the state pension came in in the UK, in the 40s or 50s, was it, I guess? Um, and life expectancy then was... 65, 70, Probably, yeah. okay. 
Yeah. So that was the idea. You had like five years and you fucked off. Yeah, this this is a new idea of finishing work. Yeah. And then just twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. Waiting to die. <laughs> you know, for five or ten years. It's like <laughs> going for a pint at nine o'clock in the morning at Weatherspoons. It's a different attitude, isn't it, to work, basically. Mm. It's um it seems to me that the prevailing attitude is I've got to do this for 40 years, but if I stick at it, I'll eventually get to the point where I can stop doing this thing I hate so that I can get maybe 10 or 15 years to myself. Stop yeah. doing it now. Stop doing yeah. stuff you hate is the answer. All right, as soon guys. As possible. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. Oh, dear. Yeah. So 62 to 64, French people live forever, don't they, as well? Because of the Mediterranean the, you know, diet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you said Highlander. Exactly, yeah. There, there can be only one. Was he not supposed to be from Scotland? Yeah. <laughs> Duncan, Malcolm McLeod from the Clan McLeod. Yeah. Was it Duncan and Malcolm? It's Duncan. Right. And wasn't the shitty TV series spin-off Malcolm? Malcolm McLaren? McLeod. McLeod. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. What would I... I know. Synchronistically, uh, I've got this hoodie. There we go. There can be only one. Yeah, very good. Don't lose your head. No. <laughs> that is bad. I knew it would be better in France than it is here. Mm. And they'd be complaining about it. They're so not they... afraid to strike, are they? No. Whereas... Oh, so I say we are afraid to strike. We've got a, a rich history of striking. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I don't know, we seem to accept a lot of... <coughs> shit it's almost like it's almost like how much will people accept yeah and we accept a lot mm. as, as yeah. britons and then w- once people do start to rebel they stop mm. take a wait take a little step back wait a bit more and then push forward again yes oh well that's fine I mean, you know, it's just part of the system we live in. If, if you're going to be in that, you know, I don't know. It's a weird attitude we have with working and our lives and our balance, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, it, it reminds me of this sort of uh, another article you posted, this communal living thing in Suffolk, which was really weird. Oh, yeah. Why well, I'm hitting a nerve this week, aren't I? Yeah. Why is it weird? I thought that was... Uh... I thought it was an interesting alternative... Yes. ...lifestyle choice. Yes. So this is the Suffolk uh, Manor House where 60 people live together. Amish Ben wasn't up for it, though. I wasn't up for an Amish Manor House. (laughs) Why? Lovely. We would grow our own Amish food. Bacon nuts. Yeah. Old Hall, it's called, which is in Suffolk. Mm. And there's about 60 people. 65 acres of land. (laughs) I mean, I've heard this before, that one acre per person is all you need. Yes. Yeah. Depending on how you organise it. Yep. Um, and they work towards self-sufficiency in energy and food and prepare meals as a group with a rotor system. 130-room house. They've got 44 adults, 15 children. Plus, is, that, uh, volunteers. is that Tony Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, David Hodgson, 74. What books has he got? Can't quite tell. He's got three of the same book. Twice. It's probably his own book. Second shell. Holy Bible. He's lived there since 1988. He raised two children there. 
work locally three days a week as a design lecturer before retiring early to look after the orchards, mm. where he's responsible for 75 apple trees and 30 plumbing pear trees. I'd love to do that. Because we work collectively and we pool our resources together, we've got someone with lawyer skills, someone with architecture skills, people who can do thatching, lay hedges, builders, plumbers. It's more economically viable and it takes the stress away, he said from the armchair. Who's going to project manage it all? (laughs) (laughs) David, who is 74, says he feels sorry for people his age living alone. I mean, this is a great point because um, Mm. loneliness in old age is uh, an increasingly... Uh, noticeable issue I feel just social care yeah well again it's this thing we've talked about it before where uh, families are fragmented Mm -hmm. and it used to be that your mum and dad looked after you when you were incapable of looking after yourself yes and then when the roles are reversed it's up to you Mm. look after your parents when the same happens but because of different economic socio-economic circumstances families are more spread out across the country and this isn't practical in a lot of cases is it so People have to go into the social care system, mm-hmm. spend an absolute fortune. Do you, have you seen how much it costs per week to go in a nursing yeah. home? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Two grand a week. And they stopped that thing. Have they not cancelled the uh, 80 grand upper limit thing as part of that social care bill that they I scrapped? don't know. I don't know how it is now, but when I was hearing about it five, six years ago, I think the government left you 16 grand. <laughs> They'd leave you... Once you'd sold your house, you'd... Because my gran had a private pension, her her husband's pension, Mm. an estate pension, and obviously that ain't going to cover 1,800 quid a week. Mm. So sell the house, all your savings go, uh, sell the house, and then they'll leave you with 16 grand. They won't take your last 16 grand. Wow. But again, like, these folks seem to have have a different approach to it, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, David, who's 74, says he feels sorry for people his age living alone who don't have a fantastic social life like him. They're very lonely, and that's a terrible thing. He's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And uh, that was an interesting point. You get these volunteers coming from all over the world. Mm. France, Spain, Japan, Thailand, and such. Um, during COVID, they closed their doors and imposed their own lockdown earlier than the government. Mm-hmm. Mm. which is interesting Uh, every resident does 15 hours of work a week in the house or gardens cleaning gardening milking the cows looking after the sheep pigs chickens bees they make their own butter cheese yogurt (laughs) grow their own wheat for the bread (laughs) many of the members also have part-time employment outside the uh, community so they do 15 it seems each adult does 15 hours a week yeah which is what two days isn't it two days a week yeah just a weekend gun. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to the financials, which is interesting. Yeah. So David, he bought his two-room unit for just shy of 20 grand in 1988, which is now worth 125 grand. For two rooms? Yeah. Yep. Near Bristol, though, isn't it? Bristol's expensive, I think. So That's like a flat, isn't it? I guess. Mm. Presumably he paid cash back in 1988, so he owns no, his... No questions asked. He owns his unit. He therefore pays a monthly maintenance charge of 240 quid a month, which covers gas, electric, insurance, and then 80 quid a month for food. I, I spend about £100 a week on food. Exactly, yeah. Not 80 quid a month. No, so, the, uh, yeah. Obviously, well, I think, think if you, like, moved in there and dusted 10 years, worked <laughs> as normal. Yeah. Mm. Think how much you'd save. 
It's yeah. got a lot going for it, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a bit weird. I mean, you know, um, it it probably would be very nice, but you would have to learn that whole thing of living in a village again, essentially, or, or a tribe or whatever, and having everybody know your business and mm. everything being sort of like a, a group decision and all the rest of it. That's the thing. I wonder who's the tribal leader. <clears throat> I wonder if they elect... Um, I said they had a, like a council. They, have, they elect their own... And elders. Hierarchy. Council of 12. I'd be like... Cause I would be like a shaman. So I'd get on it. Right. I'd be leading that council with my shamanism. I'd probably collect berries. Yeah, you would. If I let you. All right. <laughs> Can I have a shed? To live? We can't eat these berries, Ben. <laughs> Just try it. These are holly berries. <laughs> not halle berries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it did look good. But yeah. Oh, you changed your tune. I said I didn't want an Amish Inquisition commune. Why? Because, I don't know, there's only three of us. <laughs> the Amish Inquisition includes all these, you know, people off the internet people. that we don't know. <laughs> well, we welcome them with open arms, of course. Yeah. The question is... Who's got the biggest cock? Wow. There's not a lot of room in this in this uh, Amish box for all those people. <clears throat> so we it's could. good that they're virtual. We could do it in France. On France? Because you can buy... France! Yeah, mm-hmm. you can buy massive rundown chateaus in France for pennies. When I say pennies, hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, but, you know, if we all sold our houses and moved to France and we could get some land, what do you reckon? No. <laughs> of French yeah but we'd be there <laughs> no uh, and maybe um, could we go to maybe Languedoc Languedoc the Sabart yeah why not yeah go that area just north of the Pyrenees maybe nice and isolated there yeah get some Cathar history mm-hmm. soak up some Cathar history okay Montsegur could we buy like the castle at Montsegur? Pretty I'm sure. Guessing that's a, a heritage site or something. That was one of the last holdouts for the Cathor Cathars, where they got slaughtered Montsegur, and then there was like a renaissance a couple of decades later, slightly south of there. Right, uh, good. Longer dock. You know, I might some... get blood out of the carpets though, wouldn't it? I wouldn't want to. <laughs> out with the stone. Right there, yeah, <laughs> the stone carpets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> okay. Shall we uh, move on? Yeah. yeah. For those of you sick of Lung, uh, Love, Lung Island, Love Island. <laughs> oh, when is Lung Island coming back? <laughs> <laughs> There's a new uh, dating show coming out in the States. Now, Love I Island like is back this Monday, but if you just cannot wait that long, there is another dating show that oh. might be up your... <laughs> I saw this live. Live? What, you watched it? Loose Women? I did, this week, yeah. Every day? Every day. No, not every day, but I saw this story. You literally watch anything, won't you? Oh, watch this. Okay. Uh, Love Island is back this Monday, but if you just cannot wait that long, there is another dating show that might be up your street. You'll never believe this one, seriously. It's called Milf Manor. 
Right, so you've got my attention. <laughs> yeah, there you show. There you go. Milf man. That's what the Amish Inquisition commune would be. <laughs> Milf, Milf manor. manor. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't tell my wife. <laughs> Milf Manor plus Limp Dick City. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I watched the trailer on YouTube. It looks tragic. Have you uh, got it for us? To be honest, none of them are milfs. <clears throat> oh, what? The ones that I saw, anyway. Trading standards. Yeah, it's like uh, a poor, I would say, a poor... Uh, Effort. <laughs> um, what's the word? Simelfs. Bar? Um, Quality of milf on display? You know, I thought if you, you just go to, like, the dog and duck, you'd probably find a, a better collection of milfs basically there's eight, eight milfs and eight young blokes go into this place right okay yeah right should we go yeah we've got a plane to catch you know any plane private jet obviously uh, yeah. Davos tomorrow starts oh, we're going to Leeds <laughs> Davos alright yeah hey, did you not get an invite no no well it's probably in the uh it's a big club. Under the door, mate. Yeah. You ain't in it. <laughs> you blokes are quite hilarious. I must depart to tie down my lines for the eve. Is that a Coke reference? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. As a nan, I believe this is the time to go back to my work. May a bit of good, good health. Cool. Nana's No. Shame. I think uh, I don't think I have anything to, le- to leave on. I think that's it. I think we're done then. Right. Right, off to Davros. Yeah, let's go and see Davros. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thank you for watching. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Mm. Goodbye. Are you entertained? Um, I am. I'm not entertained! Yeah. It's not even half past ten. Is it? What? Praise Javelin, by the way. Uh, don't praise, don't praise Ball. We got told <laughs> off by Dave. I said Javelin. Jabalon. All oh, right, okay. Bull. I thought it's Jabaloon. That's a lot of bollocks. The, the compound three word password of Freemasonry is Jar. Jabaloon. The, the uh, Hebraic word. I, I just think you're misinterpreting it. Bull, which is Baal, Lord, and On, which is Osiris. Jabalon. Jabaloon. Jar Jar Binks Balloon. <laughs> I love you. Right then, see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Epic dub. Calm down. This is such a crock of shit. The sea is always right. I like what you got. Good job. The sea is always right. Won't you take it out of Captain Crasheroony Snooze Fest? She's like literally a... And I got news for you. That means you get it. This whole thing is, is, is total rhubarb. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. She's like literally a... Milf. <laughs>